And um, Ruth can tell you, we came up, well, I came up with some names which um, Ruth thought that they were not appropriate to, to be calling our children. And, sorry? And Ruth came up with some names which I thought, hmm, it's not, it didn't sound right. But when we see the usage of names in the biblical terms, um, one commentary said that when we talk about biblical name, when we talk about names in the Bible, um, during the Bible times, um, the name stood for the person, and it represented the characteristics of the person. And today we're going to talk about the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to read the passage. I'm going to play it from the uh, video that I recommended last Sunday. But before I, I, we play that, I would like to say that we, with the name of Jesus in mind, I want for us to think a little bit about Christmas this morning. And you know that I'm a humbug, but I celebrate Christmas every day. But if, if we look in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21, the angel says, She will give birth to a son, and you're going to give him the name Jesus. Yeshua. God saves. God's salvation. Because he will save his people from their sins. So with, with that meaning of the name, I'd like for us to look into a few things into, from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 27. So Colin, if you could play the video, it would be very helpful. And if it doesn't work, I've said to Colin, not to worry, I'll read it. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your words. Thank you, Lord, that in your word we are faced with the power of the name of Jesus, Lord. And we want for that power of that name to rule our hearts, Lord, this morning. I want the power of that name, Lord, to rule my mouth. So as I share, Lord, there are things that take your heart, Lord. We thank you for your words. Help us to worship you by doing what James encourages us to do, Lord. Not just hearers, but doers of your words. Take this ancient book, Lord, and bring it alive in our midst this morning through the power of of the same spirit of Acts 1.8. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Observation. What's happening here is a continuation of what has kicked off with Pentecost. I was reading some commentaries and uh, some of them were saying that these apostles, these disciples are being wind tunnels of the wind that they experienced in Acts chapter 2. 
And here we've got Peter and John walking to the temple, carrying on with the tradition to go and pray. And all of a sudden, they are faced with somebody that is familiar to them. Now, I do come from a country and a city which has got a lot of beggars. And to be honest, there are some that you really know because they're the same ones that show. And some of them, they know you by name as well. And I think it's, it's that kind of situation here. It's that daily routine of taking this disabled person to the temple to make his living. And then them going to the temple for their prayer time. Is that daily routine of seeing the same person over and over again who asks and he knows whom to ask. And he knows what to ask for. And all of a sudden, we've got this Peter, which I shared last Sunday, which was hidden because he had denied his master. And now they've experienced the Holy Spirit. And Peter comes very up to the face, very un-English. And he says, I haven't got anything to give you materially. I haven't got anything to give you what you're asking for. But I see that you've got a bigger, greater need. And I can't fulfill that need. Because I'm human. He carries on saying that in the middle of the chapel. That it doesn't come from our power. But he says, what I have experienced. Because of the fulfillments of God sending his spirit to his people. What I have experienced. I'd like to share it with you. So. I love this book. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, the thing that I have the dearest the most, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, walk. Amazing. Amazing, Peter, a changed man through the power of the Holy Spirit, offers something which it's very unusual. But I want to go back and take us again to the significance of the name. Because the angel told Mary, the angel told Joseph, that you're going to name this baby, this child, Yeshua, Jesus. Because he's going to save his people. So there is that salvation element that comes in this name. And I think it is the power of the Spirit that is enabling now the disciples to see this salvation element, this reconciliation element. 
And in the end of the day, they were going to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And where did it start? And with whom did it start? And how did it start? It started in Jerusalem. It started with a normal beggar. I'm not saying this in a despiteful way. It started with a, with a daily routine job. It started with something that you get so familiar with that you for even forget that he is there begging. Because it's the same phrase that they're using. And all of a sudden, the encounter with the Holy Spirit has made Peter to think something deeper. Because Peter is continuing now to be the representation of his master. Peter is continuing to do the same things that the master did. And you cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, what I have, I give to you. And this is what I have. I have the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Perhaps Peter was relying on that promise in John when Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 12. What, 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I've often wondered how, how precious as people we become about our health, our physical health. And it doesn't matter where you live, whether in the UK or elsewhere, when you ask people, what can I do, what can I pray for you, the first reaction is, Oh, I'm not religious, so I, I don't know really what to pray for. Well, I'm not religious either. But normally, with my experiences, the first thing is that people say, oh, just pray for my health or, or pray for the health of my children. If they're happy, if they're healthy, I should be fine. And all of a sudden, we, we've come to this place of worrying, not worrying, but making a, a big deal about health. And I just wonder, in such affluent society as the UK, I just wonder if in such a very progressed medical equipment, medical professionals, the research that goes on, I just wonder if this is still the area, and I do pray for this, that God can use to bring people to himself. 
just going to share a story about Nepal. You say Nepal. Um, I went there in April, and our tour guide had become a Christian through um, an experience that he had had in his family. He has had his sister, who was possessed, and uh, she had demons, and the family had taken her to different witch doctors, stuff. They've done everything. They'd spent a lot of money to restore her back to where she needed to be. And they had not succeeded. And um, when this guy was telling the story, he was really telling it with a shaking voice because it really meant for him. And he said, and then he said, we had a pastor who was just visiting our village. He was just, he was not the pastor. We didn't have an evangelical church. We didn't have a church at all in our village. But we had a pastor who came to visit our village. He said, and we were desperate for our sister to get healed. So we asked him, could you pray for her? And he said, the moment he said the name of Jesus, I said this with very emotionally, the demons left her and she was freed. And as a result, the following weeks, 80 people came to faith because they had seen that these witch doctors, these things that the parents were involved were not working. And the only thing that was working for them was this full rely on, on the name of Jesus. I'll bring it back here. How does that work with us? What does it mean for us? And, or have we camouflaged the name of Jesus? Have we kind of safeguarded it? Are we as the church of Jesus Christ having full access to the power of this name? It has to be ignited by the Spirit because that's what started Peter. Can you think of a situation in your life where you have seen the name of Jesus work? I'll tell you one. For you that have been in Albania, James, you know the roads in Albania, James and Pete. Oh, and Paul and Jane have been there as well. And Chris has been there. And Ruth has been there. And I was driving once uh, coming back from the south of Albania. And it was a very narrow road. And uh, I was with another missionary. Um, and all of a sudden, I was not driving fast, which is not me. Um, I was doing probably 20 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, we hit oil 
on the road. This was going down a mountain and the car started to not turn but just go straight and um, for you that have been there we, you know that we don't have barriers on the side of the road so um, it was really straight on the cliff and we both me and Margaret who was present in the car we said in the name of Jesus Lord help us and I'm not lying the car came on the end of the road and it was balancing on the cliff all of a sudden we had some people who came out from a different car and they were trying to push the car from the side that was balancing so we could get out because it was really dangerous this is one of those things that I have seen in my life that the name of Jesus had worked and it did Let's carry on in the passage. Because Peter is going to try and explain now why are these guys surprised? Why should they be surprised? Um, let's move on from verses um, 12. When he says, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Do you know what? It's the God of your history. It's the God of your story. It's the God of our fathers. He has been glorified in Jesus. But you have handed it over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. So, do you see what's happening here? Do you see the power of the Holy Spirit that is not only enabling Peter to follow in the footsteps of his master, but it's giving him the guts to confront the men of Israel through their history in order that he could bring the good news of salvation. So do you see what's happening? We, and I think our danger is that we stop when the miracle happens. But there is a reason. And when I say we, I don't want to generalize because I've come across many situations like the situation of the translator, the uh, tour guide in Nepal, who made sure that he told us that through his sister's deliverance, 80 people from the village became Christian. So this comes from the heart of a loving father. Because he can use these situations in his providence, in his mighty sovereignty to bring hope to that group of people when they think that they've got it all sorted. And no wonder he mentions the story of Abraham, Isaac, and what have we here? Jacob. 
because the Jews thought that they had it all sorted. And this is a good thing then for him to say, you thought you got it all sorted? Did you forget about Jesus that you handed over to Pilate? Well, I'll tell you a little bit more. The same Jesus is in work through us today. It's not from us, which is very unhuman to do because if you do such a thing, you want to get that glory. You want to get that um, acknowledgement that you have done it. And he says, no, it's not us. It's not me. It's neither John. But it's the Jesus that you have crucified that is continuing to reach out to people. So what's, what's the bar, this name of Jesus? And what does it have to do with us? What have we done to the name that perhaps has diluted its meaning? That's why I said it in the beginning, that I want to use this time for us to remind ourselves we're going to sing later on about the name of Jesus. But as we think of this, let's see that the, the solid foundation is that God's salvation, that's the meaning, God saves. But somehow we have missed something. And perhaps by reminding ourselves, we can come to that point and we say, God, we want for that name to be glorified in our midst. So please use it. Please make us bold through the power of your spirit to use it. The story that comes to my mind is the story of the father of the boy in Mark chapter 9 who was um, also a demoniac. And he asked Jesus, can you do, can you heal my son? If you can heal my son. And Jesus answers, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father ex exclaimed, I love this bit, just being honest. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So perhaps you're in that place this morning. I don't know what is going on in your life. I cannot read your minds. But perhaps I just wanted to bring it to you as an encouragement that maybe there are areas in your life that you want to see that name of Jesus work. Perhaps there is a particular 
thing that is bothering you. And you want to see that name of Jesus work in the same way as it worked with a guy who was sitting in the temple. Perhaps there is a situation that you, from the human side, you say, I don't know what's going to happen here. I haven't got a clue. But in the name of Jesus, that's what I've got. I'll use that. But I want to draw our attention that when Peter and John used the name of Jesus, they didn't use that as their last bullet. They didn't try other stuff. And then they decided, oh, why don't we try the name of Jesus? Maybe it will work. Now, it is very easy said than done. And I have to be honest with you guys about this. But perhaps this is the time that we give God a chance in order that his gospel may be proclaimed through what's going to happen in that situation. In order that it gives us enough material to talk to our friends about Yeshua. God wants to save. God's salvation. God wants to reconcile with his creation. God is empowering people still today to be his witnesses in order that when they hear about this witness they can face God on the basis of Jesus Christ. I'll leave it with you. I know there are some situations in my life but I want to just say God help in the name of Jesus do it. The second thing that I want to say is that we hear so much misuse of the name of Jesus. It has become so not even ordinary. You hear it in the films, you hear it with this, you know, among friends. And it's it's all of a sudden has become has lost, and that's why I said earlier on, have we come a flash that something else. So, I just want to draw our attention that not only that we should use it as a last bullet, but I just want to draw our attention to perhaps as his body, as his people, we need to be more aware of putting back the name of Jesus on the pedestal that it belongs to. And that takes guts. I leave that with you as well. What about the name of Jesus for us as a church community? What do we do with it?
as followers of Christ? Is God making us aware of difficult situations within, within ourselves or in our communities that we can say, we've got a voice. We haven't got anything that you think that we've got. But we've got something that we can offer you. And that's the name of Jesus. Can we afford the ridicule? Can we afford that through that maybe something bigger may come? Can we afford that maybe through that, that voice that we raise and say, nothing to offer apart from the name of Jesus, that this community here turns their eyes to God? If you come, if you think of things or areas that we as a church might be saying that, might be voiced that, please come and talk to us. Let's pray for that. We're going to have this day of fasting and prayer on the 28th of January. Sorry, September. Let's bring that to God. And we say, God, show us. Even the areas that are so normal to us, because that guy was normal. Basically, he had become so familiar that they didn't notice. And perhaps there are areas in this neighborhood, perhaps there are areas in BS6, perhaps there are areas in Bristol, that we can say, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, empower us to come to that place to say that we have nothing to give apart the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And do you know what? He'll do it. Because the Son wants the Father to be glorified in whatever comes, whatever the outcome is. I just wanted to finish with a challenge that comes from Colossians. As we, as we go in the week, and I'm going to use it as a blessing as well in the end. So, um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. I'll start with the 15 and then I'll use it as a blessing in the end. Because I love this passage. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. As you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And in whatever you do, whether in words or deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And again here we see that glory element, that the Son wants to glorify the Father through His acts of the Holy Spirit.
So we, I thought it would be good to have two or three minutes of silence. And we can think a little bit about the areas of our life, the areas of this community, perhaps areas in our church. When we say, nothing to give apart from the name of Jesus. Maybe it comes to mind families. Maybe it comes to mind family members. Maybe situations at work. Let's bring it to God together. Let's have a time of silence and then I will conclude with prayer.